2: Yes, indeed it is, and a great morning to you. Thanks for joining us as we get underway at now eight minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Thursday, the fifth morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2020. And uh, my, oh, my, has the game changed? We have a lot to discuss today. First of all, the guests. We have a very big panel today, uh, three outstanding guests coming up here in uh, less than a half an hour. We're going to talk with former economic advisor to President Donald Trump, Steve Moore. He's going to join us to talk about the real effect on the economy. And, of course, we have seen the Dow dive, and then we saw it just surge back, uh, all based on fears over the coronavirus and what kind of an impact it will really have on the economy. We don't know the answer to that, to be 100% honest with you. We are just getting word. Uh, Of course, we know that there's a chance that they may cancel the Olympics. We are getting word uh, that they might start playing um, uh, NCAA tournament basketball games in empty arenas when march madness begins because of the fear of thousands of people who may be uh some of whom may be infected uh getting together in close quarters in confined spaces all of these things travel we know cruise lines are cutting their rates to just uh you know bottom uh, uh barrel prices if you will uh, because uh, nobody wants to go in these things. Same thing with airlines; they're forced to do some drastic things because of uh, fears of the coronavirus. So, what the what is the real impact on the economy going to be? So, uh, former Trump economic advisor Stephen Moore will join us to talk about that. What the Fed is doing, if they are doing enough, and uh, what you can expect in the markets. What you can expect as far as your four hundred one k and those who have uh, investments uh for uh, from this coronavirus fear. So that's coming up in less than a half an hour. Very much looking forward to that. We are also going to be talking to Dr. Everett Piper at the top of the hour. He's got some very important information to discuss with us with respect to uh uh, trans and LGBTQ legislation in states around the country that are threatening the rights of girls and women. We know it's happening right here in the in the state of Ohio. And Dr. Piper's got some updates on his home state of Oklahoma and beyond. He will also talk to us about the uh, biggest news of the day: threats coming from a uh, Senate. Uh, legislative leader against the supreme court justices um, uh, in the united states uh, supreme court so that's coming up at 10 uh, at uh, ten ten, and then at what time then at ten thirty five, we will talk to our friend jeff malik uh there's a big event coming up uh that he wants to shine a spotlight on that i am only uh too happy to help with uh good people out there at the um Medina County Conservative Coalition, and Jeff Malik and uh, his team are going to talk about those grassroots events. And by the way, grassroots are going to become much more important, perhaps, on this program than ever before, with some really important announcements that are going to be coming in the coming days. Some organizations that I'm getting involved with uh, that I really want you uh, to pay attention to. Charitable, 501c3 outreach organizations that are trying to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, and all of us along with it. So there you have it. We're going to have uh, Stephen Moore, Dr. Everett Piper, and Jeff Malick coming on the program today, as well as you, at 216 901 Either number will get you here uh, to the program. If you would like to uh, reach me by way of social media, Twitter and Facebook, both of the two satanic organizations that I am ashamed to be a part of, but I am for what I think is decent reasoning, Uh France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z, France, F-R-A-N-T-Z, France Radio is how you will find me on both of those platforms. All right, I mentioned, obviously, that there is a game changer. I mentioned that uh, uh, the stakes have just gone up in a way that I don't know uh, it, it, that it gets much more egregious than this. I don't know that it gets much worse than this, to be 100% honest with you. The Senate Minority Leader, that means the chief Democrat, the lead Democrat in the United States Senate, Chuck Schumer, appeared at a pro-murder rally. I'm sorry, they don't like to call it pro-murder. It appeared at a pro-infanticide rally. No, I'm sorry, they don't like to call it pro-infanticide either. Uh, I guess they like to call it a pro-choice rally, in which they choose to commit murder and infanticide. Uh, outside the Supreme Court of the United States, we know that there are dueling protests, pro-lifers, uh, advocating for, I don't know, saving babies' lives rather, rather than allowing them to be dismembered and destroyed and scraped from the uterus of their mothers. Uh, and then there was the pro-choice rally. Chuck Schumer chose to address the pro-choice rally all over a, and this is the real kicker of this whole story. The bill be, or the, uh, 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 a case being uh, heard by the Supreme Court is a case in the state of Louisiana that would essentially simply require abortion clinics to abide by the same medical standards and practices of real medical clinics. When I say real, I mean those that actually provide health care, not baby murder. Okay, that's That's essentially what this is. And that is just a bridge too far for the pro-infanticide crowd. They will not allow that. And the fear now is that since President Trump won the election, the elections have consequences. And appointed Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh to the court, to constitutional originalists, not right-wing ideologues, constitutional originalists. The fear is that the Supreme Court is going to decide in favor of requiring uh, abortion clinics to abide by the same medical practices and health practices of real medical centers. And that is just a bridge too far. Chuck Schumer, speaking to the pro-infanticide crowd, said uh, Justice Kavanaugh and Gorsuch had better do the right thing or else and that's that's literally what he said if you don't consider this a threat then you're just not paying attention I want to tell
3: you Gorsuch I want to tell you Kavanaugh you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price you won't know what hit you If you go forward with these awful decisions,
2: you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Now, the Schumer media team has tried their level best to do some damage control here. The Schumer media team released a statement. The statement from Schumer that defends his, you will pay a price or the price, and you won't know what hit you. Their statement says he wasn't talking about violence paying that kind of a price. And by you won't know what hit you, they didn't really mean that people will try to hit them or hurt them. He was talking to the Republican senators the ones who confirmed them they will pay the price this is this is their their answer this is their explanation no 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 we just meant and and he just meant senator schumer just meant that republican senators will pay the price wait a minute i'm going to have to go back and listen to this again because i didn't hear him mention republican senators paying a price I heard him say that specifically two justices, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. Now, what's really interesting about that is they're obviously not the only Republican president-appointed constitutional originalists on the court, lest anybody forget that. They didn't name Clarence Thomas. They only mentioned gorsuch and kavanaugh and why because they were appointed by trump and trump is orange man bad so these two have to be the target i want to tell you gorsuch i
3: want to tell you kavanaugh you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price you won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions
2: did you hear him say anything about Republican senators paying a price? Because, you see, if he had said, Republican senators, you will pay a price for confirming uh, these justices, he could mean politically, at the ballot box. You could be voted out. But he couldn't have meant that the justices themselves will pay a price politically because justices are not elected. They're appointed And then they are confirmed, and when they are, it's for life. So there is no political price for them to pay. And if there is no political price, Chuck Schumer and liberal demon rat supporters, then what kind of price did he mean? Well, considering the fact that he followed it up with, you won't know what hit you. All options are apparently on the table. We are talking about a legitimate threat against two United States Supreme Court justices by name. By name. And this, in a political climate in which we are only a couple of years removed from a lunatic Bernie Sanders supporter taking a rifle, finding his perch above the practice field of the Republican... uh, uh, um, House baseball team, congressional baseball team, shooting up the infield, fortunately, by the grace of God, being a terrible shot and only striking one, but nearly killing Steve Scalise, that one. Here's Chuck Schumer literally saying, hey, Justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh by name you will pay the price and you won't know what hit you he can't have been talking about political prices because they're not elected they don't run campaigns they can't be voted out of office they are there for life so what is the only thing that chuck schumer could have been threatening exactly that their life i
3: want to tell you Gorsuch. i want to tell you kavanaugh you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions.
2: The Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, John Roberts, who is not necessarily my favorite guy, uh, I thought he would be much more constitutionally Uh, uh, obligatory, if you will, when he was selected by George W. Bush to uh, be the chief justice, uh, did issue a very rare rebuke, a rebuke of Chuck Schumer for these comments. Very rarely do Supreme Court justices, and in particular the uh, chief justice, say anything having to do with politics, but he felt the need to do so in this case. Roberts said in his statement that threatening statements of this sort from the highest levels of government, are not only inappropriate, they are dangerous. He added in his statement that the justices will continue to do their job without fear or favor from whatever quarter. Now that should have been enough of a smack in the face to Team Schumer and Team Infanticide to make Schumer apologize and say, you know what, I was out of line, I got emotional, I didn't mean it that way, I'm sorry. Don't mean it, and no, I do not advocate violence against anybody, including those two named justices. But instead of that, they chose to criticize Justice Roberts for his criticism. Quote, For Justice Roberts to uh, to follow the right wing's deliberate misinterpretation of what Senator Schumer said while remaining silent when President Trump attacked Justices Sotomayor and Ginsburg last week shows Justice Roberts does not just call balls and strikes. This, these people are lunatics. Schumer spokesman Justin Goodman is the one who says Schumer wasn't talking about the justices. He was talking about Republican senators when he identified by name Justices Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. And now he meant that the Republican senators will pay a price. Yeah, even though he never said that. And Roberts, well, he's just using right wing uh, misinterpretation of what Schumer said. I don't care if you're right-wing, left-wing, or wingless. There is no misinterpretation. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. There. that Now, does that sound like Republican senators? No. He said Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. <laughs> There's nothing to misinterpret there, Justices Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. You will pay the price. What kind of price, Chuck? You won't know what hit you if you go
3: forward with these awful decisions.
2: There is no interpretation. There is no uh, equivocation. There is no way to misunderstand that. He threatened... Two Supreme Court justices and Chuck Schumer must resign from the United States Senate effective immediately because I guarantee you this. If Donald Trump had said something even remotely similar about two liberal activist judges wearing black robes on the United States Supreme Court, there would be an impeachment proceeding beginning tomorrow. You know it. And I know it. Chuck Schumer must resign immediately. We'll be right back. Forty seven the Bob Branson Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All kinds of reactions to Chuck Schumer's implicit threat against the uh, two Supreme Court justices. Only the two, by the way, appointed by... Uh, Donald Trump, Justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, because the best way to get a crowd, a liberal crowd of infanticide supporters whipped into a frenzy is to attack the two that Donald Trump appointed, not the other quote-unquote conservative or Republican appointed justices uh, that are on that court. Uh, Here are some responses, including from Democrats, who are, some of whom, are equally outraged at Chuck Schumer. This is Harold Ford Jr.
4: Look, we're at a low point when president supreme court justices or and, and and congress people are going at one another it's nothing wrong with saying going to say i disagree with what you guys are going to do i hope that you pay attention to the law in the way i see it. and I, I happen to view it the way he does it however y- you can't incite violence and one can make the case whether he meant it or not he's in, he's encouraging
2: a kind of activity now that's a former democrat senator harold ford junior from tennessee or not senator excuse me representative uh, and now here's a Republican. You probably know his voice.
4: Well, it's, it's inappropriate, but you're right, Brian. This is not the first time Chuck Schumer's tried to intimidate someone. It didn't work with President Trump. I don't think it's going to work with Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kavanaugh, but it's still wrong. You don't, you don't do those kind of things. And he's right. The intelligence community did try to go after President Trump, and we've uncovered that. And the Horowitz report further exposed what they tried to do. So, um, you know, he shouldn't be trying to intimidate. It didn't work with President Trump. I don't think it's going to work with the Supreme Court justices.
2: Chief Justice Roberts said it definitely won't work. We are going to, um, uh, continue to make our decisions and our rulings based on the law and based on the Constitution, not based on threats from any quarter. And, uh, of course, there were only threats coming from one quarter. Uh, incidentally, as far since we're talking about the issue and the supreme court hearing the abortion case from louisiana uh and you just heard some of the maniacal remarks that's right he's a maniac he's he's like insane uh talking about uh chuck schumer Uh, let's just let's just go full maniac here and listen to detroit uh representative sharia to
3: you know i legislature in the michigan legislature for six years used to say people to people yo yo you know what? you're so freaking obsessed with what i decide to do with my body maybe you shouldn't even want to have sex with me
2: um maybe we'll be right back 9.35 as we continue on AM 1420. The answer, since the coronavirus uh, became uh, first identified and then began to spread around the world to the point where it is becoming a pandemic, liberal Democrats in the United States have sought to score political points against Donald Trump for it. We
3: have a crisis of coronavirus, and President Trump has no plan.
0: What, What he's doing is late, too late,
3: anemic. Mr. Trump... Is late.
4: As soon as this virus started cropping up elsewhere in the world, we should have been on top of it. Do you trust and should Americans trust President Trump to deal with this crisis?
2: No. This- So they are doing everything they can to weaponize the virus against the Trump administration and perhaps help tank the economy in the process. Well, Sean, the Democrats weaponized
4: the virus against uh, the Trump administration. They weaponized anything we do, and yet if they did it, they'd be, uh, you know, hailing it. Uh, But they do weaponize this, you know, when they know what a great job we're doing. They know we have the best in the world. We have and we've really shown it. Even when you look at the small numbers that we're talking about within this country, they're very, very small. I mean, we have a, you know, very large country, to put it mildly, and and a great country, by the way. And it's getting greater all the time. But they weaponize the virus against us. And, uh, you know, they'll just say, even though they have no facts, they'll just say, oh, we don't like the job they're doing.
0: You know, it's.
2: He's exactly right. And again, uh, the goal is to try to take as many uh, bites out of Donald Trump as they can in an election year. And part of the uh, process is again, hoping that the economy tanks, spread fear, spread misinformation, get people stopping from spending money and of course, harming businesses and the economy in the process. Joining us now to discuss the real impact of coronavirus on the economy and what can be done, if anything, to minimize that is former Trump economic advisor, Stephen Moore, joining us on AM 1420. The answer. Stephen Moore, thank you so much for your time. How you sir
4: hi good morning i'm doing well thank you
2: we know there is going to be an economic impact we have already seen it the dow has gone up and down the stock market has fluctuated of course a couple of record low days followed by the single greatest gain uh in the history uh, of the country uh so we know it's going up and down my question to you is do you think that there is an intent among the president's political enemies to spread fear and force the economy into a contraction in quarter one
1: Boy, that's
4: a tough question. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that uh, the left has uh, tried to politicize this in a way that, look, let's put politics aside, folks. I don't care if you're a liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat. We've got to get this contained. Uh, I do believe that the fear of the virus is much, much more significant uh, in terms of the economic impact than actually the uh, virus itself. I was watching uh, some college basketball games on TV last night, and they kept flashing on the screen, you know, this game has been canceled, that game has been canceled, and one team is going to cancel its whole, you know, remainder of the season, so on. And it's just ridiculous. <laughs> that's a ridiculous response to this. I mean, uh, this is a, a flu virus. It's a, it's a nasty flu. Uh, but the idea that we're going to shut down all kinds of activities and we're not going to gather together, everyone's going to become a hermit. That's ridiculous.
2: Well, the, you know, the, that's the reason I asked, Stephen, and I know you said to take the politics out of it, but I don't think you can. I think when you have Joe Biden, who of course is now the front runner, uh, for the, uh, Democratic nomination, saying, I'm not yep. flying. I don't think you should fly anywhere. And it's not because of where you're going. You know, you mentioned Mexico. He said, but being <laughs> c- confined in, in close quarters, if somebody sneezes, we're all going to be affected. I go back to what Bill Maher said, noted liberal and Trump hater on his TV show. And he said, I want to crash the economy. Sure, it'll hurt a lot of people, but it'll be worth it because the bad economy will get rid of trump we can't really take the yeah, politics no, no, look,
4: it's, it's important for people to understand about the left and this isn't all democrats but the hardcore left yeah. please don't believe that the people on the left care about people and poor people and they want to help the working class and they want to bring the country together no the, the hardcore left cares only about one thing and one thing only and that is power and they will do anything they can to regain power, even if it is to help shut down the American economy. Now, look, I'm not saying that that's the uh, case with most, but it is the case with many leftists who uh, crave power and will do anything to stop Donald Trump from having a second term. Uh, I am worried about the economic fallout of this because, you know, we are seeing uh, construction projects, uh, you know, uh, canceled. We're seeing a lot of... uh, I was at a major business conference this past weekend with major CEOs who said it was like last week, all of a sudden, boom, all the, all the orders just stopped. You just had a news report about, you know, tens of billion dollars of losses to the airlines. So that is going to affect the economy. There will be some layoffs coming. By the way, we're going to get a big jobs report tomorrow. And, you know, the predict, predict prediction is based on the preliminary numbers. We're going to get another 150 to 200,000 jobs in February. You know, I know that's a little bit of rear view mirror because it's what happened last month, but it's important for the people to realize that Donald Trump has given us the best economy in 30 years. And, you know, the only way the Democrats know, the only way they could possibly win is to see some black swan event like this, like this virus, you know, uh, wipe out the I mean, economy. I don't think it's going to happen, but I do think a lot of them want to, it to happen.
2: Yeah, I do too. We're talking to former Trump economic advisor Stephen Moore. Um, the president has been very vocal about wanting the Fed to cut the prime rate and and to try to uh, help you know stimulate the economy, especially in the at least for a bit, if not permanently. Uh, and he and, and they did respond by a half point cut this week, but he says it, it needs to be more than that, and not just for its own sake. He said, but to be more in line with the rest of the industrialized world. Uh, do you think that that is accurate? Should the Fed go? Further than what they have with this half point cut.
4: So you, you probably know, most a lot of your listeners probably know that I was nominated by uh Donald Trump to be on the Fed. Um I do believe that um the Fed is way, way behind the curve on uh the economy. We have I, I want actually I want more dollar liquidity in the economy. Uh maybe for different reasons than Donald Trump does. As I look at what happened to the price of corn and cotton and wheat and sugar and oil and gas and timber, all these prices are falling like a stone. They fell, The prices are down about 15% this year. That is a sign of deflation, not inflation, deflation deflation can be a real killer of an economy. So Trump is right that we have to get more money into the economy. There's a big global demand for dollar. The, the dollar has been risen. Did you look at the 10-year Treasury bill, by the way? Do you know I what the not. interest rate is now? What it is? is 0.9%. People, Think about this, folks. People are buying, I don't know why, I think it's absolutely crazy. People are buying 10-year Treasury bills. That's a 10-year, you're lending the government money for 10 years. And they're going to pay you a 0.9% annual interest rate on that. I mean, does anybody in their right mind think over the next 10 years, inflation is going to be less than 1%? I don't. So, but, but it is a sign that of, of fear, but it's also a sign that there is a, a, a real worry about deflation. And we do need to get more dollar liquidity into the economy, not to stimulate the economy to big, but to make sure the prices don't continue to fall. So I'm with Trump. I think they need to continue to do whatever it takes to get keep prices stable and they're not stable right now they're falling
2: well whether it's your reasoning or his or uh, it, they're both great i mean uh, if if we get prices stabilized if not falling and uh, and if it does stimulate the economy that is of course but, a great the thing way, for everybody me
4: meant, sorry, yeah. but, but look at, no, no. you know i'm really worried about farmers you know farmers are seeing the lowest prices they've had in 10 15 years the or, our oil production and gas production which has been one of the drivers of our economy i talked to major oil producers so we are to have to shut down our wells the price is so low that's a real danger to the economy. We've got to get the, you know, and by the way, we all love go, low gas prices, and gas prices are lower than ours they've been in, in a long, long time, but it's putting producers out of business, and that will cost jobs, but again, I want to go back to my main point. Three weeks ago, we had the best economy in the United States in 30 or 40 or 50 years. Thank you, Donald J. Trump, and the only thing, you know, I have to confess, I worked for Trump on, on the campaign, and then worked for him in 2016, so I'm biased, but... But the only thing I could see that could possibly stop Trump was some kind of, you know, external event that was unpredictable, like a, you know, hurricane or an earthquake or, you know, or something like this virus. But I do believe that two months from now, when you and I talk together, I don't think we're going to be talking about coronavirus because I think the whole thing will have passed. <laughs>
2: Well, I hope you're right. I know that they have compared it to some uh, uh, viruses that have, have come through in the past, and whether it's H1N1 or SARS or whatever, uh, yeah. and I think Ebola, it, it, they, what happens is is when the summer does come, you're right, two months, the warm weather tends to kind of wipe it out because those are not the ideal conditions for the virus to live and survive and, and, and then be transmitted, yeah. but that it does, or at least in the past, these kinds of things have come back with a vengeance in the fall. Now, I don't know if we can forecast well, that definitively, but that's just, you know, historical. But think
4: about this. You know, I was talking to my wife at breakfast this morning, and, you know, I think, well, what is the number of deaths now in the United States? Less, less than 50, right? I don't Yeah. The, oh, yeah, it's, it, it's very small. Yeah, let's say it's 50. I don't know the exact number. But 50, I mean, my wife was saying that's so true. You know, how many people ever died from drug, from drug overdoses? You know, 100 times more. You know, so let's put these things in kind
2: of a. How many people die in car crashes every day? It'll, well, well I mean, let, let's I just, let's just stick with let's just stick with apples and apples. Uh, uh, Stephen Moore is our guest, former economic advisor to the president, yeah. um, from October first of 2019, which is kind of the start of yeah. the flu season, if you will, through March first, which is just four days ago. So this is as current as it gets. Influenza yeah. has killed somewhere worldwide, uh, depe- uh, depending on accuracy of numbers from some governments in which you cannot trust, right. uh, yeah, right. between 291,000 and uh, 646,000 people. Confirmed deaths caused by COV, uh, the, the COVID-19, the, 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 this novel coronavirus, is about 4,000. Now, now, now we're, we're literally talking about apples and apples here, and we're not yeah. shutting down arenas, and we're not closing down businesses, and we're not canceling events because of influenza, but we're going to do it for, for something with a lower mortality rate and a much, much harder-to-obtain virus. That's what I don't understand.
4: Yeah, I, I think you put in very good perspective there, and. You know, we, the worst thing to do is just, you know, everybody, you know, stop the economy because, you know, when the economy stops, that kills people because, you know, that leads to unemployment and, and that kind of thing. So, but look, I'm, I'm reasonably optimistic. We've seen in, it appears from China and some of these Asian countries. And by the way, I agree with you. Can't, we can't always or ever, uh, you know, trust their statistics, but no. it appears that it's, it's leveled, leveled off there. And that means the pandemic threat seems to have been reduced so uh but look i'm an economist the last thing i'll say and then i gotta run thank you so much for having me on the show by the way is that i, I people ask me should i sell my stocks Sell my stocks? i'm like hell no i mean look there's a basic rule in stocks in, in, when you're in the in investment um, you know it's the easy one right buy low sell, sell high. high right and, and pe- pe- people tend to do just the opposite because they get panicked and they sell their stock at a low price. And I'm not saying that we haven't hit a low point on the stock market. We may see some more losses, for sure. But what I'm saying, if you're in the market for two or five or ten years, you know, you want to just stay with it. You want to stay in the market, because I guarantee you, two or five years from now, the market's going to be a lot higher than it is today.
2: Very well said. Stephen Moore, former economic advisor to the president, thank you so much for your expert analysis. We appreciate it. We'll check in again with you uh, soon. Take care. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right, I need to make a very important announcement here. Kill the music, please. Kill the music. I want everybody who was listening in the last segment to hear this clearly. Uh, the announcement that I just made about coronavirus, uh confirmed case in Northeast Ohio, was a hoax. I was pranked. I was punked. I got a fake news story that came across my screen from I don't know where, but it was a hoax. I want to make this very clear. If you shared information with anyone else because you heard that report, um, share this with them. It is not true. It was a hoax. It was a prank. I got a bad link that came across my screen from, I don't know, a hacker or whomever. But I got it. <clears throat> excuse me. I got a note across my screen that uh, reported Fox News or excuse me Fox Eight and quoting Cleveland Clinic as saying that there was a case in in Northeast Ohio. It was false. it was a hoax. I need this to be very, very clear, and I need you to share that with anybody that uh, may have heard otherwise. If you also get such uh, messages on your screen or on your phone or on your news alerts. Uh, understand it is a hoax. It is a prank. So do not buy into that. So uh, you just heard me report that uh, as it was a kind of a breaking news item as it came across my screen. But uh, come to find out, it was absolutely 100% false. So make sure that we are all clear on that. There is no confirmed case of coronavirus in Northeast Ohio. That was a, uh, a, a false report. All right. I have to get that out there. Now, as I was saying <clears throat> to my guest, uh, and with my guest even more, I was quoting the number of deaths caused by influenza worldwide, and co- uh, those caused by the coronavirus, this novel coronavirus. And, of course, we're talking hundreds of thousands of influenza deaths worldwide, worldwide and uh, less than 5,000 deaths caused by uh, the coronavirus worldwide. Uh, the information I was giving you there <clears throat> came from, uh, it was actually shared with me by a nurse friend, uh, someone I graduated with, uh, w- uh, and she shared it from a physician uh, who put this together. It is a side-by-side chart of the COVID-19 or coronavirus versus influenza. It explains what is coronavirus and discusses what is different from uh, between uh, that and influenza. So both definitions are given side-by-side. Common Symptoms. Of the COVID-19 virus versus the influenza symptoms. Number of illnesses from the coronavirus versus influenza. By the way, that's around 90,000 for the coronavirus worldwide. And 1 billion illnesses from uh, uh, from, uh, influenza. The number of deaths, which we just covered. The death rate by factor. Uh, pre-existing condi- conditions, age, etc., uh, all of these kinds of things, and summaries. So it's a wonderful, wonderful side-by-side graphic that I believe should, and it just depends on whether or not you, you know, you you want to read the and, and trust the information given, but it should alleviate some of the concerns. What we heard Stephen Moore talking about, uh, you know, where they're talking about closing down venues. You know, the the Arnold Classic, which is a huge bodybuilding and health expo that is held every year uh, down in Columbus at the Columbus Convention Center, has been canceled due to fears of the coronavirus. Now, again, mind you, coronavirus... Is such a much, you know, lower mortality rate and threat than influenza in terms of ease of transmission and more importantly, uh, fatalities or lethality of the disease. They didn't close it during flu season last year, but they closed that event this year because of this particular threat, this particular, you know, uh, a potential pandemic. I don't know if we're at that level yet of calling it a worldwide pandemic, but. Um there are a lot of things that are being canceled. People are not flying. People are not going on cruise ships. People are not going to uh, clo- enclosed spaces with lots of people. They're selling their tickets off or they're just eating the loss because they don't want to go into concert venues and ball games and, and, and these sorts of things. And it is going to have an impact on the economy. I don't want this to be about politics, but the fact that, fears are being stoked through people who are spreading misinformation um, will lead to less money being spent, less businesses making profits and revenues, and thus, you know, an impact on the economy all the way down to prices and to jobs. Um, It is going to have an impact uh, over the course of this spring and summer uh, on people's spending habits and thus on the economy as a whole, and I just wonder if the intentional fear that is being spread is do- being done with an attempt to um, uh, to harm Donald Trump. He said last night on Sean Hannity in an interview that, yes, they are trying to weaponize the coronavirus against him and his administration. I think he is 100% correct. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. All right, it's coming off top of the, coming up on top of the hour news. After the news, we're going to talk to Dr. Everett Piper, who is, of course, our regular Thursday guest. He's going to talk to us about a number of things. We'll talk coronavirus, and we will talk about uh, Chuck Schumer's very uh, precise and implicit threat against two Supreme Court justices. And we're also going to talk about the rights of women and girls around this country that are being threatened by the Rainbow Mafia movement. So all of that is coming up after the news. But again, before I toss it to the news, a reminder, if you heard on these airwaves, a message that coronavirus has been detected in Northeast Ohio. It was a hoax. It was a prank. It was a hack. It was a not accurate piece of information. All right? So please do not be alarmed, and make sure you share that with everybody else you know that you may have said that, hey, I heard there was, because there is not any confirmed, as of this moment, case of coronavirus in Northeast Ohio. Make sure you share that information. And we'll be back after the news.